Hey everybody, how y'all doing? Welcome back to another episode of Everybody's Homegirl Podcast with me, your favorite homegirl, Tracy Cass. Today on the show, I have a friend and sorority sister, Renika Williams. She is a corporate attorney, makeup artist, gardener, and an amazing cook. Her work as a makeup artist has been featured in magazines like Mona Lichi Bride, Simply Elope, and Pretty Brown Bride. She also considers considers herself a side chair political commentator. So this is really a fun conversation about truly living your best life. Stay tuned and enjoy. Hey y'all, I'm not going to do a Southside Chronicle this week because last week, last Sunday, well actually last Tuesday, my father passed away, so I just haven't had the time or the energy to um, write a separate segment or things like that, and fortunately I have pre-recorded episodes that I could go ahead and release and keep the show going so this part I'm just not gonna um do a separate section like that but what I will spend this time doing is encouraging people um if you know someone that's not vaccinated to encourage them to get vaccinated um people die all the time from many different things so it's really important that we help ourselves protect ourselves from things that we don't have to die from. I'm not saying that's what my dad passed away. That's not why I'm here to talk about that. That's not, I'm not free to discuss that on air, but I am sitting around watching the world struggle and battle with something that's just real simple. And I'm getting to the point where I'm just, I don't understand what the confusion is about. I'm watching the news and watching superstars like Nicki Minaj send out information that's just not right. And all it takes is a Google search to figure out and learn what you can learn about the vaccine. So when people say, I need more research, the research is out there. All you have to do is stop, take the time, and look it up and read about it. And then understand that also, at this point, you saying you don't trust the government. I totally understand that. But remember this. It's not just the United States that is battling COVID-19. It's the entire world. So at some point, when you start to say, I don't want the vaccine you don't want to wear a mask you don't want the economy in the world to shut down at some point you're just being selfish and you're allowing people to risk their lives to help you do what you want to do and it's just time out for that so if you know somebody or if you're not vaccinated please get vaccinated you can get them pretty much anywhere right now just walk up into a clinic cvs walgreens your um county health department and get the vaccine that you want if you don't want moderna you can get pfizer if you don't want pfizer you can get on moderna if you want the more traditional 
vaccine you can get Johnson Johnson because at this point the efficacy of it being preventive is higher than it is without the vaccine so just do what you gotta do and help us get back to some normalcy thank you Hey, Renika. Hey, Tracy. How are you? Fine. And you? How you doing? I'm doing well. How was your week? It was. It wasn't so bad. I think because we lead into a holiday, it was not as as crazy as it can be. <laughs> you got any plans for the for the holiday other than staying masked up? <laughs> Right, staying masked up. I'm gonna hang out with my family. That's uh, I'm gonna go try a new barbecue plate. Well, meet me um, in Hearst and see my mom. I'm gonna hang out with some friends, just real low key. I the vaccinated that. crew. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> for my listeners, we are in Texas and it's a hot mess. <laughs> it's a hot it mess is. in Texas right now. I went to the store today. I was like, is anybody? wearing a mask it's, it's like a, it's a, so terrible <laughs> like the invitation to discipleship is there one <laughs> and yeah. i was the one <laughs> just the employees the people walking mm-hmm. around i feel like i'm the only one who's in a mask mm-hmm. yep. and it was hot and i was like i want to take this mask off but i was like the devil is a lie i kept it mm-hmm. on <laughs> i so mm-hmm. for my listeners i guess i tell who i have on my show today i have my friend and sorority sister renika williams and i've met you at fort worth alumni chapter but i don't remember how i just remember seeing your face i'm like she's really nice (laughs) it was just natural Um, yeah we yeah we met at the meeting and then we we went out with another soror to to lunch at barley i think now kiffany kiffany is always somewhere in the mix Oh wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, so that's, um, that's how we met. I just remember mm-hmm. you being I was like, oh, she dope. So <laughs> um oh, and you you are, you are. <laughs> um I've followed you on Facebook and I brought you on the show to talk about several areas that I see. And I'm just like, she's like a, a real life renaissance woman. Um, you're uh, an attorney. She's a graduate of East Texas State University. If you are a kid graduated in the 90s, you right. remember East Texas State University. It was, it was Texas and it was Texas and M University of Commerce when I was when you went. Yeah. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. See, I'm old. Yep. No, no, no. <laughs> it, um, either way, I know I know which school yeah. about my school. <laughs> yes. And then she went to Texas Southern University. So she's an HBCU grad, um, Thurgood Marshall School of Law. Am I correct? Yep. And then yep, she's correct. also a makeup artist and a gardener. And I was like, man she's just doing lots of interesting things and I just thought it would be great to have you on to talk a little bit about all of that so did I miss anything uh just my armchair political commentary you know that I have a lot of political opinions that I generally just share amongst my friends and on my Facebook page it's fire Uh, the people seem to take defined as entertaining it it is absolutely (laughs) (laughs) it is it's thought-provoking and humorous and serious all at the same time between you and my friend will i'm like let, mm-hmm. me, let me go learn something real quick so maybe we'll talk a little bit about that at the end too sure. 
But first, I want to talk to you about being an attorney. So what made you become interested in law? Like, why did you want to go to law school? Um, I think when I was little, and I, I, wanted, to be, I wanted to be a, an attorney from the time I was very young. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lawyer that came to my church at the time. And I was just so, like, intrigued and, mm-hmm. like, interested. And it was some at school when they asked you, you know, what do you want to be? And I was, like, a lawyer. And it just stuck. And God was gracious, and I was able to pursue that. So I love that's it. how it happened. So you in criminal or corporate? Corporate. So I'm actually a banker. Oh, um, I and love it. Yeah. So I, I, I work in, in global risk and uh, legal compliance uh, mm-hmm. with large banks. And I've done that for more than right around 10 years and mm-hmm. more than nine years right around 10 years um it's been it's been about a decade so global yeah. risk that sounds like some uh james bond type <laughs> i'm not gonna go into it because i know you know there's only certain things you can share but that's quite interesting um yep. so what is a typical day like for renika williams esquire <laughs> so my day starts uh, and i recently i'd like it's it's gotten better because I recently switched corporations. So mm-hmm. I was with one company that I will leave everything nameless, but I was with one company for about nine years and then I switched to a new company. Um, so at, at one point, probably about a year ago, I was working 14 hour days, oh, um, wow. especially during the thick of the pandemic. I think they thought, well, you're at home, you know, let me just pile it on. So, <laughs> so um, the day would generally start now. It starts at around 8 a.m., a normal time. Um, I start the day by reading emails, by catching up on anything new that maybe has come out of uh, the government as far as um, guidance on how they want banks to operate in certain areas. Mm-hmm. And anytime there's a change in administration in the White House, everything changes. So like the CFPB. So, so when, um, when the foreclosure, foreclosure crisis happened and President Obama implemented the HAMP program and I'm not trying not to bore y'all I'll try to sum this up but um I'm uh, interested I'm like this is so the, fascinating so there was uh the making homes affordable program mm-hmm. and that's you know the HAMP program where a lot of people were in foreclosure because everybody was upside down and um that was born out of the CFPB the um the bureau that governs all the the loss of real estate lending and mm-hmm. really all lending right and making sure the consumers are protected so they issue new guidance um, especially with COVID, there was a lot of moratoriums on foreclosures and things like that that were put in place. Um, and that's changing because COVID is changing. And so mm-hmm. I generally will survey and review for any changes in the law that I need to uh, support the businesses I support uh, mm-hmm. in, in making sure that we're running things and where they should be run legally. So, um, wow. so that's in a nutshell, you know, that's what I do. And it, it gets real nuanced, but my job is to make sure that we are doing what the government wants us to do in the way that we run. So you kind of advise certain businesses, Mm -hmm. hey, this has changed. This is how y'all need to change this up to stay in compliance. They want to roll out a new, you know, uh, a new program, a a new product. We want to make sure that it's it's compliant with what is required by law so we don't end up in the news like Mm -hmm. some big banks have in the past. So. So what made you yep. choose criminal over corporate? I mean, corporate over criminal. So I actually, interestingly enough, I, I did an internship with the Tarrant County uh, DA's office when I was mm-hmm. in law school, mm-hmm. specifically in crimes against children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I wanted to be a prosecutor. That was 
it was hard it was horrible like <laughs> it's some really like and I think because I grew up sort of sheltered and in the church um mm-hmm. I just haven't been exposed to how horrible and sick people are um mm-hmm. until I had that experience and it, it just it wasn't it wasn't for me <laughs> Um, and but you know but I thought I want to be a prosecutor then I want to be a federal prosecutor and really courtroom work in general because I've done that too um just isn't it's not my favorite I would do it again if I had to right I have a license but I prefer corporate because you never know when 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 you're in private practice you never know when you're gonna get paid and see (laughs) yeah I'm gonna stop there (laughs) because there's a lot more I can say but I'm I get it. I'm going to pull back on that. <laughs> so, so what do you find most challenging about what you do and what do you find most rewarding? Um, it's all, at this point in my career, they're almost in sync, right? Um, and so it used to be that, you know, the black tax. Mm-hmm. So very often before and now, I am the only black woman in the room or on the call, so to speak. Um, and I'm there with a bunch of middle management, middle-aged white men, mm-hmm. and I am having to tell them what they can and cannot do. And that does not always, it's not always received well. And when I was younger, I struggled, you know, I think there's a lot of people who were in that situation. Um, um, I struggled to sort of find my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, you know, I had researched, I had prepared, I could make the argument as to why you know, I believe you shouldn't proceed this way because I think it opens us up to risk in this way because we're going to violate these laws potentially, you know, that sort of thing. Um, th- they didn't always want to hear it and they would push back. Um, as I've gotten more comfortable with myself, my skills, my knowledge base, because um, I've done this work for, again, for a decade. Um, and just, I bring my whole self wherever I am. You get this black ass, Vanika. I like it. <laughs> um, and it's, it's polished and professional, but it is what it is, you know? And so I, I don't shrink in that room with those white men anymore. You can take this advice or you can not take it. I'm going to document that I told you this, so mm-hmm. if you get bit in the ass, it's not coming back to me. <laughs> so I think that, um, you know, there's, there's challenges with that, particularly because I'm at a new company, right? And so there's, there's a bit of proving that you have to do that anyone would have to do in that situation. Um, whereas I had sort of, you know, when I left my, the prior company I was with, it was established, well, she knows what she's talking about, so we're not going to argue with her as much. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but it's, it's rewarding in that, um, you know, I'm comfortable to do it, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I feel like it's going to open the door for people to come behind me to be in, in, in positions like this. So, yeah. I love it. So what would... What would you tell somebody? Like, what do you think people are most surprised by by what you do? Like, it's something you think there's this perception of attorneys and corporate attorneys, and mm-hmm. they have an idea of what we we have an idea of what what you do. What but then, like, when yeah. you actually learn it, and then we're like, oh, really? It's like that. So, is there anything like that that might shock people or surprise them about? Um. I think that in general, when I tell people that I'm a lawyer, they're surprised wow. and that, yeah, I mean, it, you know, and it's, um, I, I like to think it's because I'm, you know, maybe that the idea of what an attorney would be like is stuck up or unapproachable and that I'm the opposite. But honestly, it's probably because I'm a black woman and there's just not that many, it's like we're, we're 2%, we're less than 2% in the state of Texas. You know, it's just not that, it's not that many of us. So, 
um, you know, yeah, I think I I'm think amazed. people just in in general, mm-hmm. people are just surprised. So, wow. So, what would what would surprise what surprised you about being an attorney, or and specifically a corporate attorney? Once you got into it. And you, were you like, cause sometimes we imagine our careers and we get into them and we're like, I didn't know it was going to be like this, whether it's good or bad. Some things are good. Like, Oh, this is refreshing. Or, or sometimes it's like, you know what? They didn't tell me this. I didn't know. <laughs> it was I was challenging. Um, and I, I think because, because I, my whole career has been spent at large banking institutions. So there's, there's small banks, you know, the, the neighborhood credit unions. There's your medium-sized banks and maybe regional, you know, and then there's the big boys, the top 20. And I've only worked at top 20 and um, there is no learning curve, right? And so I think that that is, you know, the expectation is excellence from the beginning and it really is baptism by fire. So um, they, you know, they, 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 with the exception of some really good managers that I've had over the years that have kind of poured into me, it was really, you know, here's here's this situation here's this work this is what we're doing researching and figure it out you know and, and come up with a point of view that that your your leadership will find to be agreeable and persuasive type thing <laughs> like there, there is no no spoon feeding and and I, I I struggled with that early on in my career I was young you know I was young and new to the industry um but you know God provided a ram in the bush and I did have you know a couple of really good managers that were very supportive and poured into me and really helped direct my career so I was gonna say how did yeah. you overcome overcome that challenge but the mentors yeah. that you had yeah mm-hmm. yep the mentorship and uh and and yeah that really that made the difference yep oh it's nothing like a great mentor we're gonna transition a little bit and go into because you're also a makeup artist like a professional makeup artist. Like, you know, you have some people out there, MUAs on Instagram, and they just do it and they're for fun. But you have a company. One, how did you get interested in becoming a Was it tangential to being an attorney? Did, did it happen at the same time or was it later? So just tell me your journey into the makeup industry. So I've always been a makeup enthusiast and I still am. Like I like to try new products and, and you know, different things and mm-hmm. look at the new trends that are that are coming out. And I was always that friend that you would call, you know, this is before I did makeup. You know, you called me because you were going somewhere and, you know, come do my eyes. I actually <laughs> did a friend's wedding makeup, you know, her bridal makeup. Uh, just with her stuff, I didn't have a kid or anything. And um, and so I was, I've always been interested as a makeup lover, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was, I, I was establishing my career in banking, uh, com- getting more comfortable on an upward trajectory. You know, I'm not married. I don't have any children. And I would come home at the end of the day sometimes like I'm bored, you know, <laughs> and I felt like I was having like a quarter life crisis or <laughs> something like, cause at this point I'm in my twenties and, you know, late twenties. And I'm like, I need something else to do, you know? And, and so what would I do? Um, you know, that didn't involve more law and moonlighting and, and, you know, doing more legal work. What would I do that was completely unrelated if, if, if I didn't get paid for what I want to turn into a business? And the answer was makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, I loved it. So um, I decided then to, I found a program 
uh, I took a little bit of time off work and enrolled in makeup school. And the rest is history. You know, I, I worked under a makeup artist who was a celebrity makeup artist. I apprenticed under her for a little bit. And then I hung up my own shingle, so to speak, and started my own business. And people have been supportive and great. And I have a very particular aesthetic. Um, it's very clean, very natural makeup. Um, I champion skincare mm-hmm. first and foremost, um, so that your makeup, so you, you can shine through your makeup. And the women who are of that mindset have been very supportive of my business. So it's, it's been really great. So. You said you champion skincare. So what would you tell someone? What are the, like, if you had to give some advice, some quick advice about skincare, what would you tell people? What What's the must do's? The basic, bare minimum to have good skin. You have, if you're a woman, women or men, actually, you really have to have a decent regimen. I don't. You don't have to have like the the ten step, twenty step Korean skincare program because, you know, and I like all that stuff. I'm real big in the skincare, um, but you need to be cleansing twice a day, washing sixty seconds to really get your skin clean, particularly at night, moisturize, um, and wear a sunblock. Those are the very basic things and preferably a mineral-based sunblock, not chemical. Um, because this, this is a couple of things. We live in Texas, it gets really hot. Even though the sun can affect you even when it's mm-hmm. overcast outside on a cloudy day. But this ozone layer, like I hear a lot of uh, like my family members will say, we all have good skin, you know, I don't need to worry about no sunblock. Look at our mamas and look at, you know, look at the aunties and it's like, but this ozone layer here? Yeah, this bitch? Mm, man. Listen, I <laughs> think it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. This not the same have... ozone, you know, this is not the same ozone layer that our parents had. So, you know, we have to be a bit more diligent, not only because, you know, there's UVA aging and UVB, that's the broad protection from, you know, skin cancer. Um, you have to be more diligent because we don't have the protection from the ozone layer that our parents had. So we mm-hmm. shouldn't fall back on that. So those are the basic three cleanse moisturize and protect I love that okay so what do you love about being a makeup artist you know honestly ministry because there's a lot of women that come and get in my chair that um are struggling with self-esteem and when I when I look at women you know I I don't my makeup is custom done for each woman right Mm -hmm. so I'm going to look at your face and the features that I see that are most beautiful, that's the thing I want to highlight. So I'll use myself, for example. I have hooded eyes. So I could, I could paint all the pretty colors all day long on my eyelids and you're not going to see them because my mobile lid is not visible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I focus on skin, on my complexion, making them look glowy and youthful, and lips because I got full lips, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I do a little something with my eyebrows, but like I don't spend a lot of time on eye makeup for myself, right? Um, whereas somebody else that may come to me may have a real big, pretty bedroom eyes and you can see all the color. And mm-hmm. I may, you know, go a little further and do more of a color on that. So I'm going to find the feature that is really nice on you and play that up. And a lot of women don't see themselves and see themselves as beautiful and see themselves in the image that God made them in. And so I really feel like it's a ministry tool um, to, you know, to help women see them. So I can pour into women in the way I've been poured into in many areas of my life and help them see what I see when I look at them. Oh, I love it. Okay. So, but you also do classes. So what are you mm-hmm. teaching the classes? What are, what are those like? Tell me about them. Just so those, are, those are one. So before COVID, right. <laughs> they're one-on-one classes and before COVID, so there's two of them. There is a complexion perfection class where we focus on, we talk about skincare, you know, the basics of skincare. Um, and I'm not an esthetician or a dermatologist disclaimer. 
Um, but, uh, you know, I do know some things after doing this for going on seven years, you know. So, um, you know, I talk about skincare, the basics of taking care of your skin, and I can recommend good estheticians if I feel like a little bit more is needed, you know, besides at-home care. Um, and then we talk about how to apply makeup properly, mm-hmm. right, for the complexion to get the look that you want to look. And then there's an eye class where we focus on just eyes. So it's two different classes and they're two hours a piece. And generally what happens is we would get together if, if we weren't in the middle of a panoramic and, <laughs> and I would be barefaced and sit across from you. Mm-hmm. I have you bring all of your products that you own so that you're not having to go out and buy a bunch of stuff, right? So if you, own, if you don't own anything, I'll supply it. If you have gaps in what you own, I'll supply that. But I want to teach you with what you have. Mm-hmm. Because another mistake people make often is they listen to these makeup companies and they end up buying multiple products um, that, and really one will do multiple things, right? So you're spending money you don't have to spend. So I sit across from you and I walk you through the proper technique for your face and your face shape and your skin texture. And, and we walk through how to build a look just for you. But across from each other, I'm correcting errors as I see them and I'm giving direction right then. And I also give you a written curriculum for steps so you just take it home. It's like school. Yeah. You got a mm-hmm. curriculum. <laughs> yeah, you do because you're, gonna, you're not going to remember, and you need to practice. Yes, I have been doing them virtually since COVID. Yes, um, but I I can't wait till all this is over, mm-hmm. so that we can get back. Because to me, in person, is just a lot better. But yes, mm-hmm. can and then I can't give you stuff, you know, when, right. when we're we're not together. So, yeah. You didn't even take no sip of your drink. I'm sitting Listen, here drinking all by myself. Uh-uh. I was like, they're going to think I'm an alcoholic because I done drank two <laughs> or three times. I haven't seen her. To my listeners, <laughs> before we got on the call, I let her know. I was like, this is a cuss-free, friendly environment, and we can, you know, have a, an adult beverage or two. She was like, hold on. <laughs> Like, I don't want to do it. Some wine. I wasn't sure. So. <laughs> I was like, don't even worry about it. Let me go make, you know, you have wine. What, what type of wine are you drinking? This is a pocket red. It's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. It's a nice full bodied red. Yeah. It looks good. And I, it's slightly got a slightly sweet finish, but it's not. I don't like sweet wine and I don't like really dry wine. So it's just right. Right in the middle. See, mm-hmm. for me with wine, it's, I like, basically, I like Kool Aid. <laughs> Which is horrible. I started out there years ago. <laughs> I tell you, life. I mean, I'm telling you, life. Life comes at you fast. So I want you drinking that Kool Aid. Yeah. It has very low alcohol content. Need yeah. some with a little bit more weight to so, it. So what I've uh-huh. learned to make, and I, I can't even remember how I put this together. I like. I take a simply fruit punch, put a little Tito's vodka, Malibu Ooh, rum, and uh, peach schnapps, mm-hmm. and. I call it the Tracy Ooh. special. Ooh, I'm gonna have to remember that. That sounds delicious. I'll text it to you. <laughs> yeah. So mm. it's got. I, look- got I got Belvedere here, but I got some fruit punch. I got some mm-hmm. Belvedere. Mm-hmm. I don't have any uh, what, uh, snops. That's what I don't have. But I, I sometimes when I, when I can't find snops, I substitute triple sec. Just something. I have some triple sec here. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Okay. Again, the sweetness, is, and then. You know, that Tito's gets kind of smooth and that um, usually I do Malibu because it's coconut, but I've tried yeah. Cruzan coconut rum. Ooh, listen. That's a lot of sweet, but I got regular rum yeah. here. So I like, and then sometimes see, I you like sweet. Throw a little, little soda in there. Right. A little water and that'll, that'll calm down. See, you know how to 
make the combined stuff. I'm just playing around. That sounds good. Yeah, that sounds really good. Speaking of combining and playing around, you are also a great cook. Like you, I'm like, did she go to chef school? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I see all of this because we've been in the, you know, the panoramic, panoramic, panoramic. Listen, and so we've been spending a lot of time on social media and you, you share it anyway, but you started sharing more often some of the recipes that you have been making. And one day you made a steak. That's the first thing I remember. And you like, well, you gave oh, instructions and you were like pan seared and then don't do this. And I was like, oh, how to do this? And I read the recipe. I was like, oh, that's too much. I, I don't have them type of skills. <laughs> and you like, leave it alone because you're going to mess it up. But um, you share your meals, you show the presentation, and I've often wondered, like, I've just, in my opinion, I was like, she needs to do a cookbook. <laughs> but no, nah, girl, I ain't got enough time. Take the recipes off Facebook and-, <laughs> and learn. Well, how yeah. did you learn to cook the way that you do? So, um, I grew up in a household with a mother from Alabama mm-hmm. who can go down. Mm-hmm. Um, but she cooks a lot of soul food and mm-hmm. uh, she's just a really good cook she bakes she does all that stuff um, and I used to be a lot heavier I used mm-hmm. to weigh 325 pounds mm-hmm. um, and so I, I learned how to cook very well from my mom but I had to modify the way that I cook to live a healthier lifestyle mm-hmm. and to lose weight so I lost 100 and, 20 pounds, 130 mm-hmm. pounds, somewhere in there. And it fluctuates, you know, mm-hmm. goes up, goes down, within a certain window, um, like all of us, panoramic time. Right. But, um, and so I just, like the basic foundational skills came from my mom. Mm-hmm. And then I was on Weight Watchers for years, still am currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and they provide recipes. What happens with me is I will look at a recipe or I'll decide I want something and I'll just try it. And there are times I don't post and it doesn't come out great, right? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's everyone. So I, it may be something that I attempted. It's like, this is, this is gross and I'm not going to eat it. Um, <laughs> those times are fewer and far between now, mm-hmm. but I'm just being honest. You know, not everything is perfect all the time. Um, I mean, and I may have started out with the intention to take pictures and post it, but when I got to it and tasted it, I didn't like it. So it never made it to Facebook. Um, but I may see a recipe that I like and, and like be like, well, that sounds good, like basically, but I need to like dazzle this up a little bit because it's mm-hmm. not going to cut it to me. And then that's me leaning on some of the skills in my mom. You know, like when I see, you know, don't see, I see a recipe and they don't season the chicken and it's like, I've seen eh? those. <laughs> Negative. Like, I understand that we're going to make a sauce to go over this. It may be a little bit salty, but this chicken needs a little lorry. Like, we need, <laughs> or some, you know, this chicken needs a little something, you know, a little salt and pepper, a little garlic, a little paprika, something. I've made give it a fact, little depth. You know? I found a recipe. Cause I say recipes all the time, but I never actually use them. <laughs> but I was like, you know, I'm trying to refocus right before my birthday, maybe drop 10 or 15 as much as I can. I was like, at least cook, even if it's not something super healthy, making it on your own is better than eating. It makes out. it better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I can like, if, if I make a, if I decide I want some fettuccine Alfredo, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've developed a method of making that at home with low fat. Well, mm-hmm. they use heavy cream in a restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. And so at home, I'll use half and half or even fat-free mm-hmm. half and half. You got to handle it a certain way because it'll break really fast in the skillet. 
but you know, but it's still fettuccine Alfredo, but it's not the 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 full fully lettered when you go get an Olive Garden. <laughs> it's made with heavy cream and butter, and you know, which is delicious, right? But um, but yeah, I think I agree with you. I think that, that yeah, I think that you can't because you know exactly what you're putting in, mm-hmm. it, and you can control the amount of flavor that's going into the pan. Exactly. Restaurants cook to make restaurants restaurants cook to make money. They don't cook to necessarily be healthy so true true and it's good yeah. and so you eat bad but i found this recipe uh it's some chicken penny with mozzarella sauce or whatever and i looked up the um the recipe because it had a video and i like to read I'm like let me write down what i'm supposed to do and what i need to buy let me see what i already have and so I'm reading the recipe and they tell you how to make the sauce and most of the seasoning went in the sauce. Then I got to the chicken part and it was like, <laughs> well, sprinkle the paprika and then put the chicken in the pan and saute. And I'm like, okay, where is the salt and pepper? And the <laughs> I was like, I'm, See, I'm you putting something You know what you're doing. Chicken. You know exactly how to cook. You, you know, your ancestors <laughs> peeked out and said, girl, don't you put that skillet in that pan without some salt and pepper. What's wrong with you? You, you know... Well, I think I made a mistake because one of my friends, I had two friends, Tony and Felicia, and I would call them. They are really good cooks, both of them. And I was the kid at home. My grandmother could cook, but my mama not so much. But my sister can cook. But I was the food taster. That was my job. So cooking, call me when it's ready. So when I cook, I'll call Tony and Felicia, and they'll be like, okay, do this or do that. And one day I had messed something up and Felicia was like, you just need to follow the recipe. You be trying to, we ain't get, you ain't got skills ain't like that. Wrong being a recipe cook, because, and I do that. Like I'll mm-hmm. cook something from a recipe mm-hmm. and I normally will give credit. I'll be like, ooh, you know, I'll post where I got it from. Um, mm-hmm. But they're like, if it's something I've been, that I like that I've been cooking for a while mm-hmm. and then I start to make alterations to the yeah. recipe to make it my, to make it yes. my own. And know? I can see and, once yeah. I've learned how to do that. Yeah. And then my friend, Ms. Price, she can cook too. She's from Louisiana. And she was telling me, she was like, most often when you do recipes, you have to over-season because they don't season like yeah. we season. <laughs> That's true. It's very true. I was like, oh. And like, but like some things I can't cook from a recipe. Like, I, I mean, like if I'm making the baked macaroni and cheese, mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, it may be different every time I make it because <laughs> I'm going to go to the store. Like my base cheeses are gonna be there, mm-hmm. cheddar and a little bit of Velveeta, but like I'm gonna go to the store and see what's on sale, right? Yeah. And so if regular gouda, because it's an expensive dish, so if regular gouda is on sale, but like I normally would use smoked gouda, you can buy the gouda that's on sale and put some smoked paprika, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's see I wouldn't know to do that. The same money, you know, so and you still get that same smoky flavor. Mm-hmm. So some things. Or, or just come from me Practice. being brought up in the house where my where my mom cooked a lot and me, you know and I was always interested in what she was doing. So I was, good. and my sister my, my sister wasn't like that, but that was me. This is like, probably right me. Here. What you doing? <laughs> so yeah. what inspires your? Because uh, you recently, and I don't even like seafood like this, but you cooked a whole salmon with the head and the tail with the lemon mm-hmm. inside. It looked like restaurant style. I was like, come on, Renika. I, I just love looking at it. So what inspires you to make your dishes? So it was a it was a branzino, right? It was mm-hmm. which is a it's kind of like um the flavor is oh, I threw my salmon. <laughs> yeah. Well those they're huge. That's I think I mentioned in my post that the, I was gonna have a dinner party and I was gonna 
roast the whole salmon. Okay. Like that's gonna be whenever we, you know, it's a little safer in the street. Mm-hmm. I was gonna have a dinner party and bro because salmon is really large. It's mm-hmm. it's very, very big fish. So um but um I had I I love fish and like um I've had African style fish and like uh if you go to a Jamaican restaurant, they mm-hmm. they're not giving you no fillets. They not they gonna give you the whole fish. And so I'm I've moved past having an issue with the head. That's when I first started eating whole fish, I would like turn the plate so that the head wasn't facing me mm-hmm. and I would eat from the bottom up. Now I don't care. <laughs> now I don't eat eyes and stuff. I'm oh, not with all that. But um but I, you know, it doesn't it doesn't bother me to see the head of the fish. So um I I wanted a whole fish and I but I did I wanted to prepare it in a healthier way because most places you get it, it's gonna be either fried. Or it's gonna be like covered in like brown stew or something that may not be that healthy. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, but I've always been intimidated by cooking a whole fish. That's why I was like, oh, I don't want to. So I googled, you know, how to cook a whole fish. Found a recipe where it was on a grill. I don't have a grill. And I was like, I wonder if I could roast this in the oven and how it will come out. And then I was reading in some article that it was easier to cook the whole fish. And I cook a lot of fish fillets. And mm-hmm. the article was saying it, it's actually harder to properly cook a fillet. So if you can do that, whole fish should be easy. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, well, I guess I'll give it a try. And it gave some basic instructions, you know, stuff it with the aromatics you like. Um, make sure that you, well, it was one of them seasoning things. <laughs> it was just like sprinkling a little salt and pepper on top. I was like, the inside of this fish is getting seasoned. The cavity <laughs> is getting seasoned and coated in olive oil because I ain't even eating a dry ass fish. And so some of that was me improvising, but the mm-hmm. basic, like how long it has to roast and what the, what temperature I found in that, in that article. Um, and then I just put together, like there's a certain flavor profile that I like. So that's what I used. So yeah. you just maybe think yeah. of something you want to do and then you go maybe kind of look, research it a little mm-hmm. bit. And see how awesome. I can execute it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love yep. it. Listen, you're going to inspire me. Maybe I'll do a new recipe once a month. Right. <laughs> And again, there ain't nothing wrong with cooking from a recipe. You may look at that recipe and like you said, you saw, well, where is the instructions for the salt and pepper or the, the seasoning for the chicken? And you're like, I don't think so. Because <laughs> I have to be, I remember my sister telling me one time, she was like, you're so smart. Except for when it comes to cooking, you just don't have like no common sense. I wasn't mad. I was like. Well, that's not my what, thing. What did you eat all during the panoramic? What, what did you eat at home? Oh. I mean, that was a point in time where like the restaurants and everything were closed. So what did you do? During the panoramic, I really grilled a lot. I grilled chicken. I can actually, one year I bought, my trainer sold me a little grill. And like a barbecue pit? A barbecue pit, but it was the, the, the stackable kind. And okay. I wanted to practice. So I told my mama, because when I was a kid, my mama, she was the barbecue person. My grandmother cooked. Mama would get on the grill and that chicken was fire. And so I was like, you know, she See, got I know how to use a grill. So you need to teach me how to do I that. I got you. I got you. We can trade skills. Yeah. <laughs> so she, uh, one year, one summer, about 2018, when um, we had the convention, the conference, regional conference here in Dallas mm-hmm. um, for 4th of July. Because typically we don't do, we eat 4th of July, but celebrating, you know, that ain't our thing. I got you. So I told my mama, (laughs) she had been, uh, she's gotten older. So standing and cooking and she'll cook for Mm -hmm. herself, but the big stuff she done. And so I was like, mama, I'm going to barbecue for us. And she was like, what? (laughs) I was like, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> there was a lot she said right but we talked about it beforehand she told me what to do what to buy she told me how to make the uh, the potato salad and I called my friend Felicia about her beans and the one thing I did learn from my granny because she did start to teach me about Christmas and Thanksgiving different before she passed because she was getting older I have to plan it out and so mm-hmm. the night before I set up everything. I prepared the potato salad. I prepared the beans. I seasoned my meat and let it marinate overnight. And so then when my mama came, when I went and got her the next day, she was like, oh, I came to help. I was like, first of all, what you finna do? <laughs> you can, you're not finna stay up that long. And it's she can tell you she can direct. But basically, but I was pretty much done, you know, and it was hot because she taught me to get up early in the morning and cook before the sun comes out but I'm mm-hmm. I ain't that ain't never been my ministry so I got out there by two o'clock you know I, you really just have to watch it you don't have to stand over it unless you just want to so I would just check back chicken is the thing speak. that frightens me the most I feel like I could I could get up I could do a probably do steaks on the grill fish because it don't need to stay on mm-hmm. no time but chicken because you got you got it Cook, you gotta cook yes, chicken, you, right? You don't you want it to be no dry. chicken, right? It can't be. And you don't raw. want it to be dry, but it can't be raw. Be so it, it, like putting it in the oven or in a skillet is. Uh, the one thing about it's chicken easy, that easier, helps but... is brining it. And mm, I really okay. clean chicken. Really, the way Me I too. clean it is brining it, and I put it okay. in water, I soak, and then I add vinegar. And so that okay. kind of helps. And then you have to go and you turn it, turning it on the grill, so it doesn't get dry, and making sure that fire is hot enough to cook it all the way through okay that's the really that's the thing that i and my mom makes the most amazing ribs like Mm -hmm. it's like championship level you know and she cooks really good like i just i'm intimidated by chicken i think i can manage to cook other things because Mm -hmm. again i I like my steaks medium rare anyway so it ain't Mm got to sit on there no time no time um, right fish, no chicken sausage just wait for the sausage to get real dark and burnt it's good that way anyway but chicken is like a whole different. It takes a while. It takes my hours. Yeah, and it does take a while. I have to learn on my about my fire. Fire is the, the biggest, the smoke. That that's the key. And I'm still learning. You know, I've learned reads because I like match light. And my trainer was like, that's the worst kind. Don't do that. <laughs> Get real match light. I don't know. If match light is easy to me, but one thing I have learned, it burns out real fast. It doesn't simmer okay. like you want to. But I still got two bags. I'm gonna use them, and then the next time. Yeah, my mom time, used the. Is it is it King King Kingsford? The name of the, yeah, King Kingsford. Kingsford makes they make match light too. It's like Kingsford match uh-huh. light, and it's just you light the bag, and so I think oh, it's the chemicals okay. or whatever yeah, on the versus real. Ch- yeah, she uses wood too, so yes, she, she soaks wood and puts that mm-hmm. in a smoker, and so, that's what he yeah. was telling me to do. Like you got to do. You don't know what you're doing. I don't. I'm learning, so I'm gonna learn that part and that's the way my mama used to barbecue before they did the bags but now she's like just get the guy in the bag that you like and it and it lights on up and it makes it your life I her about that yeah I'm not, she used the one you pick up and dump in the grill because i seen her do it so or she'll make me do it i just don't know what happens after that that's the key. Is, is it blue and white yeah blue yeah and that's white. it that's it and so she adds probably the wood chips to it and give it a good flavor she she has a big barrel smoker. Mm-hmm. Like it's she a big for real. So, that's what I yeah, want. so it's uh I don't I think the wood goes in a different mm. 
compartments than the the charcoal does so yeah yeah. she good till i need to come learn a few things but i bought a recently bought a new grill so i gotta practice on that so i can do grilling so during the pandemic that's how i survive is grilling and meal prepping sometimes sandwiches you know just but then i packed on that COVID 19 pounds and they ain't going nowhere yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get mine off too. It's all right. It's going to come. I, it, interestingly, I was fine, like, through the thick of the pandemic. It was when things started mm-hmm. to open back up that I picked up, like, 10 mm-hmm. pounds. Now Same. It's coming off. But, same, you know. same. Not me. I'm just <laughs> slow. <laughs> but no, I'm going to get refocused. But during yeah. the pandemic, like, we were all walking, post our walking and stuff. But then once we went back, and it's like, I don't know, but I will. We'll I think the first time I walked into a restaurant after I got vaccinated, I I was just so happy, you know, <laughs> like because I had been so worried about gaining weight. I was like, yeah. I don't want to gain weight. That I was real, real vigilant. And then as soon as the world opened up, it was just look, just just take mm-hmm. it. it was like, hey, <laughs> I was like, give I me that flight of margaritas. <laughs> I just yeah, I want the fajitas. Understand. Give me extra guacamole. And <laughs> then yeah, I did uh, develop. You know, I started drinking a little more, bit more during quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> Trying I to drink brown liquor. I thought I, I, I've never been a, a brown drinker. I've always been vodka, and somehow yes. I found my way to a bottle of Jack Daniels. And I, <laughs> I know, right? Well, when I tell people I drink vodka, they like, man, you be. I'm like, hey. yeah, I've always drank vodka. <laughs> yeah, that's always been, that's always been my liquor of choice. I'm really more wine, but if mm-hmm. I drink liquor, it's probably gonna be vodka based. Yeah. What's your favorite wine? Uh, it's a it's called Belle Gloss, mm-hmm. um, and it's a Pinot Noir, and I only drink it once in a while because I have very expensive taste. <laughs> so I drink it here and there, but like this apothic, this ten ninety eight a bottle <laughs> does me just fine on a regular basis. But like if I'm feeling like you know you know real fancy, fancy <laughs> then I might I might spring for a bottle of Belle Gloss. I mad at you. Oh, okay. We're going to talk about your gardening. So you also garden. I was shocked by that. So what inspired you to start a garden? Like, and what do you plant? (laughs) Which is a COVID. So you started, you just started it recently. Yeah. So my, my, uh, my dad was a gardener. So Mm -hmm. growing up, I did grow up with, uh, he had a garden in our backyard in Como Mm -hmm. and he grew, he grew like plums there was a plum tree back there and greens and tomatoes so I and I again I was on my parents heels about everything so it was not unfamiliar to me like I had and he also had his own landscaping business that was mm-hmm. a side hustle mm-hmm. which is how I know how to do lawn care now and so I I had the basic knowledge mm-hmm. um but I, I love to travel and all that stopped when COVID hit mm-hmm. and so again I was stuck at home I was working from home grateful to have a job but mm-hmm. still working yeah. from home with all this spare time and I'm a busybody because I'm always doing something. So I was like, hmm, how can I fill this time and stay out of trouble? <laughs> I'm going to start a garden. <laughs> so I did. So do, um, did, do you do the boxes or do you actually yes. put it in the ground? I am not going to till up dirt in my backyard. It's too much work. So I do containers. I have really, really large containers. Okay. And so yes, I do container gardening. Yep. Because uh, I thought like about the, that because I'm bag. like, I'm too, yeah. I think this our dirt is probably contaminated with something from Texas. <laughs> At least where well, I live. It's, it's clay, so you do you would have to probably dig pretty deep. Deep. 
to yeah to to be able to plant certain things because we have a lot of clay dirt mm-hmm. so you need to dig a deep hole oh, yeah. at least 12 inches probably and fill it with the soil that's good quality in order you know certain things will will grow in clay dirt like i have a lavender plant that does not like um good it doesn't like good soil so it's fine mm-hmm. everything else needs a little more attention so yeah. yeah, I saw that you have like strawberries, tomatoes, uh, lavender bush, you got peppers, cilantro, and Swiss chard. I was like, first of all, what is Swiss mm-hmm. chard? <laughs> Swiss I'm like, chard, she has a lot of variety. It's like, uh, yeah, it's a cross between, it's like in the, it's not, it's like for me, I like spinach raw mm-hmm. like, or in a smoothie. Mm-hmm. When you cook it, it's kind of like make your mouth feel kind of furry. It's not my favorite thing to eat cooked. Greens, which I also love, take forever to cook if you cook it the black way. Mm-hmm. You can steam them, you know, but I like my greens cooked to all the nutrients are gone. <laughs> <laughs> we let smoke turkey in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Swiss chard is like, it, what it is is the, um, the, the, the leaves to beets, right? Or red chard is anyway. So, and it, it's somewhere the, in the You between. said the leaves to beets? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, like, if, if you go to the store and you want to buy, like, whole beets mm-hmm. in the produce section, the, the the leaves on the end is charred. Oh, okay. So, yeah, and so it's but you when you cut it and cook it, it's really delicious, and it's 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 firmer than spinach. Doesn't take as long to cook as green. It's a green, but it's not bitter like kale. So it's like oh. just right for me. So, yeah. I might have tried it. I'm not a green eater, but I love spinach. But I eat chopped yeah. spinach frozen. I don't really eat real spinach. Like, because of how you say it, it tastes weird. In a smoothie, I love it. I could put it in eggs, like an omelet, because you like really don't taste it. But sauteed spinach, I'm like, ugh. But the chopped spinach in the, <laughs> in the frozen section, I'm like, yeah, maybe I like chard. I'm going to try it. <laughs> She's just shaking her head at me, oh, like, goodness. oh, help <laughs> Get you some, you can't buy the fresh spinach at the store and just wrench it off real quick in the sink and the one in the big plastic tub. Yeah, I don't like it. I've tried it. I've tried sauteing it and stuff. Mm-mm. But in a smoothie, <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it just takes on the flavor yeah. or whatever. But like, I'll put it in a dish if it calls for it. I'll eat a, I, I don't want a whole spinach salad, but like mm-hmm. I have a little bit of spinach in my salad mm-hmm. in the spring mix, you know. Um, uh, but it's, it's, it's like it coats my mouth in a way that I don't like. Mm-hmm. So I'll even I eat it in a it. salad. And I pick, uh, yeah. like uh, when I do homemade pizza, I'll put it on pizza so I can feel like I have something green to fight mm-hmm. off some of that. Look at you making, you make your own crust and everything? No, I want to learn. <laughs> I have a recipe. <laughs> No, I'm not there yet. <laughs> you try to take me too fast. <laughs> but no, I did look up uh some recipes. I did do a class at Central Market one time. And they but they had the like the oven where you put it in and stuff like that. Yeah. So I didn't know you could buy a pizza stone. You ain't gotta do all that. You can use your own oven to buy pizza. I got stone. one of them stones or soapstone thing mm-hmm. and so I yep. looked I looked up a couple of recipes on Pinterest and I said I was gonna try to learn how to make my own crust because you know it's just better to do your own thing it's not sitting on the shelf that long 
without something in it that's probably unhealthy. But again, to me, in my mind, it's better than eating out. So, you know, but I'm going to try it. But I will put, you know, raw spinach leaves on the uh, crust to help, you know, so. Look at you over there crafting for fancy pizza. Okay. <laughs> Listen, uh, some guy would do, go right over here. <laughs> So listen, just in my opinion, I feel like like you are like the black Martha Stewart of Fort Worth <laughs> to me. Oh gosh, I don't know about all that. But, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to enjoy life and enjoy mm. good food in the healthiest way possible. And yeah, that's, I love you know, that because you I can't a, travel anywhere. You know, you so. live a. Um, it seems like at least on the outside looking at, like you lead a full life. I do, and I, I do love that. that. Yes. I, and I, that's why I wanted to have you on the show because just as a, I don't know for you, I'm not going to say I didn't see people like that, but I, we definitely could have seen more women do. I think we were raised to go to school, get a career, and then that's what you do. But being, as I get older, it's like, well, I also want to do this or I want to do that. And mm -hmm. as I talk to my nieces and their friends or kids at school, I try to encourage them. You can do more than one thing, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I was like, I'm her on here to talk about everything she does, because I also feel like what advice would you give a young woman or a woman trying to figure out who they are? Cause there's women in my age who are still trying to, trying to figure it out. And I'm like, it's okay. It's just the journey. So what, what would you say? Um, the first, if you're trying, like if that, that very specific question, if you're trying to figure out who you are, the first question is you have to ask is what's going to make you happy, mm -hmm. right? So what is it that gives you joy? And again, that's how I ended up in makeup because it makes me happy. And I've been able to use it as a ministry tool uh, while doing something that I love, you know? Um, so that's the first question. What makes you, and, and that's not, that ain't got nothing to do with no man. That ain't got nothing to do with pleasing your family. Mm -hmm. That ain't got to do with no children. Mm -hmm. What makes you happy? Start there, and then build around that. And and it that should that should be separate and apart from anybody else's opinion and how they feel and what they think. And you and 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 as you get older, and I'm sure you can attest to this, you stop worrying about what other people think. Mm -hmm. so much anyway right that comes with age but what makes you happy right it could be anime it could be dressing up like a you know like an anime character dress up like an anime character and go mm -hmm. to the to the comic-con if that mm -hmm. makes you happy <laughs> right? i have a friend who does that for uh, star wars actually <laughs> yeah i mean if it. you're a nerd own it mm -hmm. own it and be be comfortable with who you are mm -hmm. right you know like i know that i'm i'm it's when I was younger, the thing that I was into was considered weird, right? Mm -hmm. um, like what? But um, it was just the idea of me becoming a makeup artist. Like, I, you know, I mean, I'm sure you, I mean, you may have heard this. You may hear it now since you got this podcast, your little makeup business. Oh, yeah, your little podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, you said doing your little makeup business? Because to, to, to pe people are very... Um, uh, lineal in where they think mm -hmm. they think that because I'm a lawyer I can't have any other ambitions outside of that right but the first time I got published in a magazine my work was in a magazine it wasn't no more you know little mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it wasn't no little you know mm -hmm. um when I you know so so it's it's you have to find what makes you happy mm -hmm. and pursue it 
because it gives you joy. That's mm-hmm. how you identify. And when you start to do that, your confidence will grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and more things will spring from that. You know what I mean? And you'll be left out in the bullshit too. So, true. Because <laughs> you ain't gonna nobody steal your joy. That's true. You found the things that, that make you happy and you will have peace. And and if people can't deal with that, then they'll just have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Were you always? How did you come to the point where you realized? Well, let me just do what makes me happy. Were you always that way, or did you have to grow to grow to that? And what helped you? Oh, grow? I had to go to ther- therapy. <laughs> therapy, <laughs> which is something that we shy away from in the mm-hmm. community because there's a stigma. We go to church, and I love the Lord. Mm-hmm. God has had His hand on my life my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and he guided me to a really great therapist. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um, you know, I you you need to talk like there there's things that we are traumatized with as as young people growing up black, growing up as women that we got you, you have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I still deal with it. I still journal to 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 get things out mm-hmm. that could negatively impact me. Um, you, therapy helps you get centered. And, and it makes certain things okay, right? Mm-hmm. So certain ways that I feel or felt that I thought were wrong, just because of the environment that I, and I grew up in a great environment, but that doesn't mean everything was perfect, right? right. So right. things that I thought maybe that, the way that I reacted to certain situations um, and the people around me may have been stronger than me, you know, or, or didn't grieve certain things the way that I did, the way that I grieve is okay. Mm-hmm. The way that I deal with things is okay. It's not wrong because I'm not part of the rock, you know? And I, some of that had to be, um, you know, I had to talk that out in talk therapy to understand that I'm okay. Who I am is okay. And, and I don't need to try to fit somebody else's definition of how they think I should be. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely that is. Trust me. <laughs> I remember, and I've probably talked about it on here before the first time when I told my family I was going to therapy the first time. They were like, what? <laughs> what you going to therapy for? Best you know, thing I could have ever done for myself. <laughs> seriously. It helps you process and you get a different mm-hmm. perspective and you can be honest about whatever's going on, but you can be honest with yourself too. Yeah. about what you and, and it you, it, that perspective thing is major because mm-hmm. you know I won't get into detail too personal but but it, it really helps you see other people like you can have a certain impression of other people mm-hmm. because it's the way you see things in that different perspective it's just like wow like mm-hmm. I you know I hadn't looked at it that way I hadn't right. thought about it that way about exactly. how remarkable this is or how this person may have felt or right. how they may be dealing with things you know mm-hmm. so and it yeah. shows you a lot of times what you think one you may be not that you're off base but you're in the wrong direction or going to mine is i go too far mm-hmm. zero to 100 it's like you way over here come on back to the center so i you know and it makes you more like you said more confident to do things that make you happy and it's okay to do that regardless of what anybody thinks so i love that but you also do uh you know, one area where we need a little therapy. I think if everybody at this point needs therapy after 2020 and <laughs> almost done with 2021, 
you caused yourself a uh uh what'd you say a side chair political oh, I'm, a, I'm a i'm an armchair armchair uh, political analyst i'm not yeah. on any tv show you won't see me on cnn but i have my opinions and my thoughts and i share them <laughs> amongst my friends and on my and on my social media with people who follow me so i follow you so we're gonna talk <laughs> a little bit about it because it's been a year so right now in texas <laughs> We oh, are God. living the handmaid's tale. <laughs> I'm going to try real hard to be diplomatic and politically correct and not be ableist. Oh, oh, let, my me, Jesus. let me drink. <laughs> I don't even have a question. Oh, I, my mule. I just want to roast our governor. I'll be roasting our governor, but I ain't going to roast him how I, wrote, how I do on my own. This is your platform, and I'm going to respect it because I go in on him in, a, in the worst way. <laughs> okay. So. Well, let's start here. We're going to start mild because you and I both deputy registrars here in texas you can volunteer to register people to vote but you have to be certified you have to go through, through a class and become a volunteer voter de deputy registrar you gotta take a test and pass it yep test and pass it all of that and you have to renew every other year it seems like every year but it's like every other year. just Feel make like sure it. you pay attention because yeah. <laughs> you know so let's start there what are your I already know your thoughts, but you can talk about it more on this repressive ass <laughs> voting bill, voter suppression bill, because that's what it is. How do we, how do we fight this? How do we, how can we pro, be proactive? It's, it's in place. And with the Supreme Court sitting away, the way our Texas Supreme Court sits, it's very conservative and mm -hmm. you know we know the swing in the you know the united states supreme court six to what three conservative six to three yeah six to three yeah so and now being the swing vote and he's been swinging liberal liberal lately but it's not enough not enough because he's one he the, yeah. on this uh because they took our abortion bill to the supreme court and he voted which for, i'm still shocked by Right. By he actually it. voted um to uh, for them to actually bring it before the court, but the other five voted not to bring it. Yeah. Not to even hear they're gonna it. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna I believe that they're going to overturn Roe. They're trying. Yeah. That's been they've mm -hmm. been trying to do that since Roe happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so but they have the court to do it now. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess my question is because we can't just sit and say well it's the law now and we can't do anything so what can we do proactively to get people registered to vote even though it's highly repressive just your opinion you're talking just about the, you're talking about voters the voters right voter suppression bill that they yes the, yeah the voter suppression bill mm -hmm. um so we're gonna have to work within the confines of the of the law Mm -hmm. Right, it is, it is the law mm -hmm. uh, until there's been challenged at the Supreme Court, which may happen because that one, that one, I mean, some version of it, I don't think the Texas version that just passed has yet been challenged. Mm -hmm. Um, well, it was challenged here in Texas, but I think that our our Supreme Court and our Court of Appeals already shot down, right? Because I think it was challenged by the by in, in Harris County in Houston, mm -hmm. so um, so it's not going to go up to the supreme court because it was dead here at the state mm -hmm. level i don't i don't know that it's gonna i mean we'll see i don't know if they're gonna try to appeal to a higher court or not but um because first there has to be the fifth circuit the court of wait a minute am i, am I saying that right i'm not really going to the criminal courts 
Mm-hmm. Never mind, scratch that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that it's going to grow enough legs to get to the U.S. Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm what I'm saying. Um, we're going to have to work within the confines of the law. Um, it's because it is a law. Um, we're going to have to be diligent about getting people to vote. And I, I, but let me tell you what I what I think. And I, this is where I see God in the whole situation. I think that what the Republicans have meant for evil <laughs> is going to turn on them because I you know I communicate with people that are uber conservative you know because and if you follow my page I know you do you see all schools of thought when people comment yeah. on some of the stuff I say and some of them are super conservative um, and I don't block people because they don't you know unless unless you show yourself to be a racist or you mm-hmm. are um, abusive to other people or you know super disrespectful then I'm not going to block you generally um and so I think that with this abortion bill, the conservatives that I've seen think it is a step too far. Mm-hmm. The whole, the part of it about being able to report people. Yeah. And, you know. Uh, it, For $10,000. They think that, that's, that that is a step too far because, you know, as Republicans are big on extensions on their rights. Yeah. Except for when it comes to abortion. But within that, that bill, the fact that you can report someone you know, and, and make money off of it or, and get them arrested. That's not fitting right with some of these conservatives. They, they, don't, they don't like, and then you have the influx of people that are moving here from other states that are liberal. Mm-hmm. I would argue that Texas is probably closer to purple mm-hmm. than it is to um, red. red at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and so we're going to need to impact the rural counties and get them to see reason. And again, some of these conservatives are not really liking some they think that this abortion bill is really really concerning mm-hmm. right and so this may come back to bite them at the midterm because i don't know that these that the conservatives wanted to see something like that because if it's this it. now it's something else later you yeah. know and yeah where and i think they're trying to balance it out by you know, on one hand you're really repressive with abortion rights. We can't man. We're gonna mandate what you can do with your body, but we can't mandate with you wear a mask. So they're yeah. trying to balance it out with that. But at the same time, and what what I think their mistake is, is assuming that all of your voters, all of your constituents, are not intelligent enough to see what you're doing. At least to me, that's what I think. Yeah. That's their mistake. Yeah. That's the, the and some of them are, are so you know just like they you know I criticize everybody evenly. I criticize the Democrats mm-hmm. and I criticize the Republicans more than Republicans these days mm-hmm. um, because they deserve. It. But <laughs> I come for I come for everybody. You know I'm I try to be you know even though I am less leaning I try to be fair you know mm-hmm. and call out things as I see them when I think that they're not right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that probably the the, the first test of this new you know suppressive voter law is going to come at midterm mm-hmm. next year um and i think that that's where we're going to be able to we're going to see the opportunity for court challenge it has to be put in practice first mm-hmm. so um, so we're gonna have to work within the confines mm-hmm. of the law and it's primarily going to impact harris county i think mm-hmm. because i don't know that we had a lot of precincts that were running overnight here and we the drive through voting and stuff so that that's going to be but harris was a big county that carried you know, a lot of votes mm-hmm. that almost upset some of these rural counties in mm-hmm. the last election, right? So I think that it was geared towards 
terrorist terrorists because they had overnight voting, drive-through voting, and they didn't want to see any of the other counties implement that that sort of thing. But I think that when when we're going to see people feeling like their civil liberties have been violated in the midterm election, that's which is the next big, big election. And then there's going to be opportunity for court challenges. But for us as as deputy registrar, we need to be uh, you know as unbiased as possible mm-hmm. as far as getting people registered and learning the rules sure that, yeah, learning the rules mm-hmm. and making sure that they educate themselves on the candidates so that they can vote um and, and one thing i thought was really uh yeah. stupid on their part i hate to say stupid but i mean i'm like to me you should yeah you know, I, th- I, th- I thought it was <laughs> quite stupid i'm like you're shooting yourself in the foot which was political candidates mailing out voter registration information or whatever something like that and i'm like mm-hmm. that's not just gonna be democratic you're gonna hit your your conservative candidates can no longer do that and right. you're gonna have some senior citizens mm-hmm. who are conservative and they're gonna be pissed off about that you know what i'm saying so i'm just like yeah. what was your thought process in that because they're not listening to their constituency. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're not listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, and we talked about this before the podcast, a lot of us are, are closer, more close together, you know, ideo- ideologically than we think, you know, set yes. apart for me, I'll speak for myself. I'm never going to be in the trunk. Man, like never. I'm never going to be. Absolutely not. Never. It's never, it's, you know, never, never going to see things the way that he does. Right. Um, and, and I don't, I mean, as I sit back, you know, and I, I've said this before that, that even though my page, I talk very openly about rights, mm-hmm. I am a Democrat when it comes to rights of other, my, my rights and the rights of others. When it comes to money, I am very fiscally responsible, mm-hmm. very, a lot more conservative, right? You know, with, like, for example, I believe in universal health care, but like, you're but how do we pay for that? Well, we, there's a way to pay for it, but well, you lose me when we start talking about free college tuition. You lose me there, mm-hmm. right? And the issue I have with the GOP, mm-hmm. outside of the racism, the racist rhetoric, the lying, the fact that it's a shell of itself, mm-hmm. is um, wait, what was I, I lost my train of thought. The, you're um, left yeah, leaning. They're not, yeah, they're not fiscally conservative anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you can't justify the amount of money that was spent on that damn wall. It was just a waste. And, a waste and of money and ineffective too for immigration here in Texas. Completely, because these we're talking about people that are so innovative that they built whole cities and tunneled underground. I was like, all they need to do is watch Queen of the South. <laughs> we not. You think it's a little flimsy wall? I'll throw a ladder over the wall for the people, you know? You just did a crate <laughs> challenge to add them crates. <laughs> I didn't see that. That's I hilarious. had to send it to you. I was like, ooh, I hate the internet. Yeah, <laughs> but right. I'm like, it's, it's, literally. And the congressman from San Antonio at the time, Congressman Heard, told him, this is not necessary. It's ineffective. It's ineffective. And, 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 and I and think it could, could, through his district. At the time, yeah. we could hop but... down a whole rabbit hole of how Central America got to the place that it's in, mm-hmm. and why, you know. And I get that there's corruption and stuff in those countries, but the U.S. has a, has has a role needs to assume some responsibility mm-hmm. because they meddled 
for decades back to yes, in Central America, you know, yes, and, and Iran Contra, and and now all of these things have snowballed, and we have the crisis at the border. But then you want to just build a wall and waste money. But also, too, one of the reasons real estate here is highly is a lot cheaper than say somewhere like California or other for places for now it absolutely because of the influx of people coming from other states but you can build cheap because the labor is cheap because a lot of them they hire a lot of right um undocumented people and so we want those things that they provide but then you don't want them to come over so I'm just like, you don't have to make your mind up what you want, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, it's some folks out here, some um, middle-class women who are getting their homes cleaned, <laughs> you know, and I'm not trying to be um, stereotypical at all, but just seeing it, <laughs> I'm not, I'm just not, I, but I know I've heard stories Well, you know, such and such queen. And, and the idea, like wanted, these people you, have work permits and stuff. They're not just over here, you know. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, they, but they, they will, you're right, work permits or whatever, and they're paying sales taxes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But there's a reason for that because- they pay, they pay income tax too. Because the thing is, is that if I hire someone who is undocumented, and mm-hmm. close, but they have a work permit, or they maybe have a border crosser, mm-hmm. you know, pass, and they 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 are able to work in the U.S. Um, if I'm paying them over a certain amount of money, I ha- have from, to pay my liability. I have to I have to ten ninety nine, right? Mm-hmm. So so I have to report to the IRS what I paid this person, or that could put me in trouble. So the idea that they're not paying taxes is not true, mm-hmm. even if they're so-called undocumented. Because the the employer has, has to, report to report those, you know, unless they're just completely doing some stuff off the books, which yeah. would surprise me, you know. Right, that's what the I'm same saying. people that complain about these immigrants are probably paying them under the table. It's like right. you're paying them for cheap labor under the table, and then you complain about them being. And that's kind of low key what I was hearing there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but and so my thing is, what is the problem? I don't understand. It doesn't make any is, sense because the fact of the matter is if, if, if we did what some of the conservatives wanted and closed the borders and kicked everyone out, we'd have a vacuum in a lot of areas. Labor, intelligence would be a complete brain drain on the economy. Mm-hmm. So the idea that you want to, you know, and, and I mean, I'm just going to be frank. The people that are complaining are, you know, people who aren't going to do the work. You're not going to get out into a strawberry patch and pick Driscoll's. That'll be buying the store every week. You're not gonna that work is is backbreaking. It is for a little bit of money. The people that are in tech that are coming over that are so-called taking the jobs in you know IT and computer information systems from India or Africa or wherever, you don't have the the the, the education or the skills to do those jobs. Mm-hmm. So what are you complaining about? Because you don't have the like these people are coming in and so you you don't have the skills to do the job. You want to kick them out and where they're going to leave us. Mm-hmm. You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense at all. Logically, because this country is a country of immigrants. Immigrants. I love to say it was a melting pot, but it's more like a pop salad because we don't get along. <laughs> but this country is a country of immigrants. I, it's, it's just built so, it, it absolutely is. All of us. If you read and you pay attention to history, and you get some good facts you would understand that it, te- it, it took all of us 
all of us, all of us. Whether we to want it to or not. Right. Yeah. Don't, right. <laughs> I was about to say, now don't get it. Don't get it twisted. You know, it's on the backs of some black folks. But then after that, you got some Chinese folks coming over here doing, you know, you got Irish, you have Hispanic people it, and the civil rights movement. When we fight for rights as black people, it impacts everybody, everybody. So it takes all of us. So my my biggest complaint about Texas right now is this critical race theory challenge that they don't really even understand is not even being taught in school. And how do you teach your history and eliminate my history? Because then you're not even giving the real truth about your history, the good or the bad, period. So I'm just like, you trying to craft something that's not true and is really ultimately going to hurt you, period. So I, I just want your thoughts on this critical race theory that's really not being taught in schools, that's really a framework or university. But it was, though. That's, that's the thing, right? And, mm -hmm. and that's the thing that I find so jarring about all of this is that uh, many of these school dishes were already, and, and, and again, I think you hit the nail on the head, people don't actually understand what critical race theory mm -hmm. is, right? At its core, all it is, is looking at all the institutions that we have in this country as a society and looking at them through the lens of marginalized people mm -hmm. and how, how the way these institutions are set, how the court system is set up, is there a different treatment for the majority population than there is for minorities. And that's see, from what I understand, it. that's a framework that's designed for colleges and universities. Right. Right. But many of the school districts teach this stuff too. It's, yet it's part of the curriculum mm -hmm. because you're teaching history. <laughs> right. Period. It wasn't labeled critical race theory. And it's even, even then, just as a teacher and a student, it's I still it's still through a Eurocentric lens. It is, yeah. Because for, for the, K the through twelve, always, yeah, the lens is always going to be the story is always going to be told from the perspective of the victor, not right. the victim. Right. So yes, it. So even even within that framework, it's still planted skewed a bit. Mm -hmm. It's skewed towards you know towards white folks. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, yeah, and, and I get yeah. that. And if you would understand, there's a um like the 1619 project. Y'all starting a whole new project. <laughs> and, and you talked earlier about how you felt like um God's gonna take the evil and use it for good. And I agree with that, but I also recognize the work of the devil. I hate to say mm -hmm. it like that because it sounds so like hocus pocus, but I really, if you are a oh, Christian. Sure. You, you know, a Christian people, and you study the Bible, you understand the trick of the enemy is to take the truth and twist it. And everything that they're doing, that, like with the 16 Project, now they got some, of the, what is the, the 1776 Project, some stupid. And I'm like, so you take one thing and you twist it and try to make it into something else. And that's all that, to me, that's just satanic for you to, but, you know, take pieces you know of what the I, truth. You know, yeah, what I think is that there is, because the way they're fighting against this so hard, and I, I have to say that since all this, the 1619 project, the discussion on critical race theory, it has actually given me to do more research and learn more than what I knew before. Mm -hmm. There's things that I've learned in the last year that I never knew. Right. Like I didn't know how many 
black towns were underwater. Oh, I didn't you know. know I, 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 you know, I know about Lake Lanier. Mm-hmm. You know, and that and that they flooded out the whole town mm-hmm. because they didn't want black folks living near white folks. But I didn't know they were all over the country. They're all over the place. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, it's like a dozen that 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 come to mind, right? You know that that I know, and like things like the Devil's Punch Bowl. You know, and I've never I heard of that. What's that? Let yeah. me write it down. Oh, Devil's Punch. Bowl. Yeah, you should. Um, it's in. I think it was in Natchitoches, Louisiana, and mm-hmm. I'm. I'm only about ninety percent sure, percent, percent sure of the location, but essentially, some some slaves that were freed were basically led to like an, an enclosure and left there to die. They weren't able to get out. They weren't able to be get any food. They they were left to die of disease and starvation. Oh wow! Um, and, and this was right after the Civil War ended. Um, I've just I've learned so much in the last, and I feel like there's there is there is something there's an undercurrent in this country. Like, I liken it to South Africa, right, which is not perfect, right? Um, but I feel like as far as they got their own issues just in general with the government and they're in some turmoil right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as race relations, they're a bit further along than we are. They still have issues with race. They're still racist white people. Um, and there's variables there, like Black people are the majority mm-hmm. in their own country in South Africa. But they had a Truth and Reconciliation Committee under Mandela. And all the dirty laundry was put out on the table. The neck lacing, uh, the all the things that happened um, during apartheid put out on the table. Here, it's like we have a sore that is festering mm-hmm. that we just kind of tried to stitch up, but it hasn't been cleaned out. So it's infected. And I feel like there must be some history that we don't know mm-hmm. that these people want to keep hidden. They don't want the worst of it to come out. Because I can't understand why you're fighting against. Everybody knows what slavery was. We all know what happened. We all we all know what happened during the Reconstruction period. We all know that Jim Crow was a thing. Why are you fighting so hard against, hard against it? it? And eventually, if it festers, you're gonna have to cut something off. You're gonna die. And that's yeah. the bottom line. And there are people out here who are willing to burn this bitch to the ground for to still be in power. For the little bit yeah. of piece of power that they think they have. And the, the hardest part for me to grasp is poor white people who vote against their own interests. They think the same way about us. They think that, that yeah. you know, and, and that's probably a discussion we need to have because I'm telling you the truth. Like I said, I hold everybody accountable. I'm, I have no interest in the, in the grand old party right now, right? Mm-hmm. Because they are hot mess. But I'm looking at Joe Biden and I'm looking at Kamala Harris, who I voted for. And I'm like, Mm-mm. You know, y'all had all these great things to say about black women. We was out here, and we was out here during the COVID, masks <laughs> and shields, mm-hmm. registering voters. Mm-hmm. Even though it was extremely dangerous, we were out here. We, you know, we were out here in the trenches doing the work. So, why, why is it taking so long to get some bills passed, black folks? Like I don't, <laughs> you know, it is making me question. I ain't questioning enough to vote any other way but Democratic. But I'm. I need to see something tangible yeah. come out of these efforts we've made. You know, and not just them, because at the end of the day, they have a Senate that's hot. I mean, it's a fifty-fifty split, and you got one senator, what two, Mansion and Cinema, who oh gosh, who are like so, Mansion is Mansion is a dino. That man is not a Democrat. Exactly. He's a yeah. he's a red Democrat, and yeah. anything that they want to do. 
like he started from the beginning. Well, I'm not doing that or I'm not doing that because he has to cater to really his red district. And then mm -hmm. you got a like one thing about the Democrats. We have the one thing I can say about the, the GOP, they lockstep. It's like they they don't they lie. lying the whole time. They they lying. Lying. <laughs> listen, they don't they, they, they ass. They, <laughs> listen, lockstep. They don't lie. They pledge spring 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Big brother Trump, he the dean of pledges. These motherfuckers is lockstep <laughs> and ain't nobody breaking. Ain't no yeah. weak leaks. They all locked up together. Democrats. <laughs> We fighting each other. You got the progressive and the moderates right now fighting over the infrastructure bill. And I'm like, and, th and they take advantage of that weakness that we have. We're yeah. such a diverse group of people and mm -hmm. that we are sometimes at war and we don't know how to lockstep when it's time. It's okay to, for me for, to argue. The only time, and I can't lie, when, when this last election happened, we lockstep. We're going to carry them over this goddamn line and make sure they get in there but now what you know what i'm saying and so i agree with you we need something but we don't have that that mentality of hey they are beating the shit out of us right now let's get let's fall in line get yeah. what we need to get get something done and then we can argue over some other stuff until we defeat them but right now they beating us because they and I, I i take it back Trump ain't the dean of pledges. Mitch McConnell is the dean of pledges, <laughs> and they fall right in behind, and they do, and they stick with each other. We don't do, but that. they don't even believe what they're saying. Exactly, I agree. I'm sorry. Can I can I can I have you hold on this one more time because my family has been calling me nonstop. I'm trying to make yeah. sure nothing is wrong. Yeah, give me one second. I'm so sorry. No, you can. I see you. I, the green thing left. Your phone is gone. Oh, I guess I... Can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, and this is this is my life. Sadly, like <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I probably. But my mom had called me twice, and then my cousin called me back to back. So I just needed to make sure everything was. Like, and they don't want nothing. I didn't <laughs> think they did. But... That's okay. Oh, I'm going to wrap up your final thoughts on the state of Texas. <laughs> I'm optimistic. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, we, I feel like we're going to end up being purple. And when I say purple, I don't necessarily want us to become California, right? Because they it, it should be a richer state than they are. They got some, some fiscal issues in California and the cost of living is outlandish mm -hmm. and I recognize that right um and so I feel like I feel like we are poised to have a good system of checks and balances and what I mean is like when I look at Congress right in a perfect world you have the, so the executive branch is democratic right now mm -hmm. in a perfect world you would have um the house that is uh maybe you know democratic and then and then the senate that is republican so you have proper checks and balances that is the way an ideal government should run if they could work together in any sensible way but they can't mm -hmm. so in order for for president biden to get anything done he needs both chambers of congress to also be democratic and i don't because of that whole progressive thing that i'm not 
I'm not all the way to the left and I'm nowhere near the right. I'm, I'm a centrist, you know, I'm right in the middle. And so I'm not necessarily on board with having the executive branch be democratic and then having Congress also be democratic. I think that Texas is gonna be a fight, but we are poised to have a situation where this deep red state that is oppressive to many of us may be poised to actually become more balanced and have Republicans and Democrats that can work together. It's my hope. I'm just gonna try to be optimistic about it. I don't know about national politics, but I'm hoping that the state of Texas, because we're getting all these transplants that are liberal, um, but we still have a Republican financial infrastructure that I am fine with. I'm fine with a sales tax. Don't, I don't want no income tax. Amen. Me neither. You know, <laughs> I do think our property taxes are a little bit high. Mm-hmm. Every year I look at my bill and I'm like, Listen. what? <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, I've made no improvements. <laughs> what is going on? Well, well, why, why, you know, I understand it was COVID times, but you didn't have to raise my taxes like this. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I, I feel like we're, we're, we're poised to do something great as long as the whole big lie thing and I don't know that all Republicans in Texas are completely sold on that some of them have some sense some right. of them don't <laughs> I think know, the ones but, uh, that have sense just aren't vocalizing it and hopefully right. and they don't have to just do it at the ballot I think box. that's a lot of that's a lot of, mm-hmm. of people mm-hmm. you know that not a lot most of the people, again, and I, I speak to conservatives and they think that this is ridiculous. You know, it's just like, get on with it. Mm-hmm. You know, Biden is in the white, like, let this go. And why are we still talking about this? And they don't necessarily like Trump. They may have liked some of his policies, but they don't like, they don't like what he, the, the policies are not sufficient to deal with the bullshit that comes with, with having Trump in office, you know, so. Um, but some of them are just 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 batshit crazy though. So, yeah. you know, All right. we'll see who prevails. But I'm going to be optimistic about it. Listen, we have to have faith. If you don't have nothing else, yeah, you know, that's all I can say. You got to trust them. We've all always never been crazy leaders throughout history. And they yeah. rise and fall with the time. It's just our time to live through it. Our our ancestors yeah. did it. We can do it. <laughs> we'll be fine. I have a whole lot of thoughts about that. I'm not going to express on this podcast, but, <laughs> but I have I have some other thoughts that are more controversial that are not meant for public consumption. We'll talk. We'll talk. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> we we're gonna wrap up here. What do you do with all that you do? What do you do just to self care, just to dump, other than gardening and cooking? Um, when I find the time. Normally, like, it'll be on a Sunday. If I don't have anything else going on, I will literally put my phone aside, um, kick my feet up, and just sit and watch TV, mindless TV, stupid stuff mm-hmm. that, that that's not necessarily intellectual. It's just pure entertainment and ratchetry. You know, <laughs> I, I will sit and watch that. You know, I may lose a brain cell, but it's just a nice way to decompress. And I'm feeling fancy, you know, like for my birthday, I didn't go anywhere. I'm trying to be mindful of, of COVID and, and all that. So I just did a vacation where I went to, you know, I stayed in a, in a nice uh, five-star hotel in Dallas and got a, you know, went to a, went to the spa and treated myself to a really nice dinner. Um, and again, you know, sat by the pool and just kind of cast my phone aside for the most part outside of posting what I was doing here and there um, and, and didn't check emails and just really 
disconnected from work and the business ventures and all the other things that I do. So, All right. So if you wrote a book, what would it be called and what would it be about? Oh, God. Oh, that's a good one. Um, Oh, gosh. If, If I could, if I could, I don't know what I would title it. If I could go back hindsight is 2020 right mm-hmm. um, and talk to my 20 year old self I'm, I'm, I'm in my early 40s now if I understood the ways of men the way of the world um, the some of the issues within the black community um, if I had that knowledge now um, if I could write a note to myself or, or a pamphlet I don't know about a book I, I would be in a different place um, emotionally and um, and in a lot of different ways. I think I think a lot of uh, time that I spent with myself steam in the gutter um, and and not seeing the value of myself in the way that I should have. Um, if I knew then what I know now, I mean, I, I probably would be even further. Even though it sounds like I do a lot, I'll be even further in life <laughs> what, uh, what would you tell yourself that I'm beautiful you know and so I grew up you know here in in the DFW area um and you and I talked a little bit about this before the podcast but like colorism was a major factor um in my life and it affected my self-esteem mm-hmm. um because I am very dark-skinned but I'm looking at myself in this camera Listen. and saying 40, 41 where you know, and it's chocolate skin, no honey. Come on, it's you know, beautiful. Um, but but I would understand that the way that I was made to feel mm-hmm. as a chubby, dark skinned black girl in the South was more reflective of the community and not me. It had nothing to do with me. I'm fine mm-hmm. the way that I am. I'm beautiful the way that I am. And the issues in the community are deep seated. They're born out of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's that. I, I have no control over that, but I, I I am free to exist and be and look in the mirror and love what I see, and no one should be able to take that from me. So I love that. I would I would pour that into myself as a you know a a teenager and a young twenty something, um, and again see and I still saw value in myself, but I you know. I didn't think I was good enough in some ways because I was dark skin and heavy. And I outwardly re- reject that now because I look at some of the people that I grew up with and I'm like, ooh, Mike is what not been kind. Doing, right? <laughs> <laughs> My what goodness, you been doing with yourself? Don't you wish you could suck up some of this melanin ooh, in a <laughs> <laughs> Like, man. <laughs> So oh. I, I, I would know that I am enough. Mm-hmm. I'm enough. You know, yeah. I, I, I am enough. It. I am intelligent enough. I'm beautiful enough. And I am made in God's image. Yeah. Listen, you have spoken word. We're going to end on that note. Where can people find you if they want to get their makeup done? Now, don't y'all be reaching out to well, her trying to stalk her page because you can't get to it. She on lockdown. But if you want your makeup yeah. done... <laughs> 
Yeah, my personal Seriously. page is private, and if I don't know you, you won't. You're you won't not getting accepted. But if but um, if you are interested in makeup services, just so you know, I am I am trained and specialized in film and TV and bridal makeup. Um, you can find me at www.impeccablefaces.com, and there are buttons there that will lead you to my Instagram. But on Instagram, it is impeccable underscore faces underscore mua, and you can email me at impeccable faces mua at gmail.com i love it i'm gonna put it in the description box so that people can see it when they pull up the episode um with that i say thank you oh, i really one more thing. don't okay don't mention me with no legal questions because i'm not gonna answer because i'm not in private <laughs> practice okay <laughs> go to legal services they have some legal stuff. room or something right yeah <laughs> well thank you and have a good day Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank it you for inviting was. me. You're welcome. All right. That's it, everybody. Thanks for listening. Remember, follow me on social media. You can find me on Facebook at Everybody's Homegirl or Instagram at Everybody's Homegirl 11. You can also visit my website at www.everybody'shomegirl.com. Or shoot me an email and let me know what you think of the show. You can send your emails to homegirlpod at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe, share with a friend, or give me a five-star rating. As a matter of fact, text a couple of friends right now and share this episode with them. Remember, thanks and have a great day.